the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. Well, my co-host Larry Dersham and I, as always, bring you the most interesting guests, the most interesting stories, and often the most credentialed professionals, even provocative, if I dare say so. And we've had a colorful cast of characters and are both just thrilled that we have with us tonight somebody he and I both have been watching for years. With that buildup, Larry, who do we have on the line? After a stellar career as a district attorney and judge, Janine Pirro began her career as a legal analyst on Fox News Channel and began hosting her weekend program, Justice with Judge Janine in 2011 that remained the top-rated program in its Saturday evening slot for over a decade. Currently, Judge Janine Pirro co-hosts The Five on Fox News Channel, the highest-rated program on the network. Judge Janine has just come out with a new book titled Crimes Against America, The Left's Takedown of Our Republic that we'll be discussing tonight. Welcome to the program, Judge Janine. So privileged to have you here. Well, it's great to be with the two of you. Thank you both well-credentialed individuals for having me. <laughs> you know, Judge Janine, I remember when we uh, started watching you on your Saturday night show and you had almost the entire nation saying to each other, really? <laughs> I think you coined that. Maybe you ought to copyright that. But one of the things that... One of the things I have just always been fascinated with as a, as a fellow prosecutor is your career mm-hmm. path. I mean, it wasn't enough that you started the first domestic violence unit of the nation. Being the first woman in history of Westchester County to prosecute a murder case, your 100% conviction rate as a trial lawyer, 1993 becoming Westchester County DA, and what really I would love to hear a little bit about, being elected as the first woman to serve as a Westchester County court judge. Janine, what was that like, achieving that honor at a day and age when we didn't have many lady judges, as they say? Well, first of all, uh, you know, when I think about that, I kind of think of it as as being a time when they were writing the law on uh, stone blocks. Uh, (laughs) You know, it was a long time ago, and now it it seems so absurd. But, you know, I remember running for both DA and running for judge, uh, and people saying, well, she's got little children who are going to take care of her children. And I remember I was running against a guy whose wife, I think he had three kids and his wife was pregnant with the fourth. The fact that he had double the number of kids that I did didn't matter. Uh, it was only because I was the woman and everyone knew I had to take care of it. So I actually did a press conference and I said, you know, enough of this nonsense. You know, I can walk and talk at the same time. And women across this country are working and raising families. 
uh, and I think that it, it, it was sexist. But I, you know, I went along with it. You know, you have to try to you, you have to try to cut into those myths and let people know that they can be, you know, destroyed because they're not relevant. But but I remember even trying murder cases. You know, you walk in and you were a female, and they were like, "Oh no, women don't they can't jugular." <laughs> And but there was also a pressure of thinking if I didn't do well, uh, that the women behind me, you know, they'd be able to say, you know, women can't go for the jugular, which is what my boss said. But all that is over now. And the fight in me right now, the passion that I have in me is passion for uh, the United States, as to use the analogy, uh, is the victim. Uh, mm. The crimes that, that I fought as a prosecutor and fighting for the underdog, the victim. Right now, the underdog right now are the citizens of the people of the United States. Amen. The crimes that are being committed against this great nation that Ronald Reagan, you know, so foundly thought of as, you know, that shining city on the hill uh, are, are not only crimes against our safety and our security, but crimes against our financial and economic livelihoods. Exactly. You know, the, the, the breach of sovereignty at the border right now leaves America not as a sovereign nation, uh, but as a global landing spot where people from everywhere come and expect to be granted at their behest and demand all of the benefits of the United States. And that is education, education, housing in New York City, where 50 percent. And this is a fact. Fifty percent of the hotels are now housing illegal immigrants. Wow. Oh, we've got homeless on this. Children in New York City have been taken out of their gyms because that has been canceled for the year to put adult males in the vicinity of our children. Now, look, oh, we are all immigrants. Wow. I am. I mean, you know, my grandparents believe that this country should not be welcoming to immigrants. But what we do believe is we need to know who the heck you are. Absolutely. I want to know right. in that school who's a pedophile, who's near my kid, who's an MS-13 gang member, and New York has had a lot of trouble with them. Who's an identity thief? Who beats their wife? Who thinks they yeah. can drive drugs? Yep. Who's part of the network of drugs and cartels? the artery going on in this country right now. We've got a lot of trouble in America. Absolutely. Judge Janine, in your book, Crimes Against America, you document how Joe Biden, his administration, and powerful left ideologues are seeking to change our way of life by fundamentally transforming America as we know it. And you've documented some of that already. What do you think is the their ultimate goal? Well, I think the ultimate goal is to make America a socialist nation. Yes. Uh, Barack Obama gave us a hint when he said it is, I believe it was his uh, uh, one of his first uh, State of the Unions where he said he would fundamentally transform America. And then he gave us this this stick figure, the life of Julia, where, you know, with Julia is the government uh, runs her life. She's born. She has, you know, SNAP children's programs, and then she has a Pell Grant, and then she has Medicaid and pregnancy programs and uh, all kinds of things, and then Medicare. Uh, no, no side of the family in that in that sketch. Uh, and uh, Barack Obama also started talking about speech and cutting back speech when right before um, his second term. He said at the United Nations, uh, you know, uh, no one will be allowed to to slander the prophet Muhammad. You know, and, you know, I remember saying to myself, this this 
guy ever hear the First Amendment? Right. Uh, And uh, and then it's come to fruition with Joe Biden as a moderate in that Trojan horse backs the horse into the White House with all the leftist Marxist minions. You know, just take a look at the heads of the agencies in this country. They're either lying to us or they don't know what the hell they're doing. So when Mallorca says the border is secure, it's not secure. We know it. We see it with our eyes. Yes. But the mainstream media is complicit with them. So uh, I would love I would love to know with all of your background, politically, legally, judicially, I mean, you've been involved in several branches of government, dare I say, you know, the end game with respect to the border. Now, as a fellow prosecutor, you and I both are concerned about the criminal backgrounds of people coming in. And I love the way you called it a global landing spot. How in the world, because I agree that that's true, how do we vet people? Well, we don't have access to their rap sheets or what they've been involved in or done in their own countries. So obviously, that's an issue that both the left and the right should be concerned with. But what do you think is the end game with respect to not an open border, if we're to believe our friends on the left, but certainly a porous border, for lack of a, 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 a less gracious yep. term, I'll just call it that. What's the end game? Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I don't know what their end game is. I think that they know that they've lost America. Uh, they've lost the heartland. I think that, you know, the whole concept is to get people into the country who are beholden to the Democrats. You may recall that, you know, some of them would come in and, you know, say they want to thank Joe Biden and they would get phones. And, and by the way, there's never we are never going to be able to vet these people yes. because they get rid right. of all their identification. And some of the governors went to a court and a federal judge issued an order that you cannot release these people en masse into the United States, into the interior, without at the very least an alien registration number. And uh, they're not even, forget about vetting them, they're not even giving them a number. They're saying, you know, let's use that honor system, you know, the same one that they enter the country with. Uh, and just promise us you'll go to court one day and, you know, we can get you uh, we can get you registered. This is a plan. They've been lying to us and gaslighting us. Right. And we will see we've seen five million in the last two years. I guarantee there will be 10 million in the next two years oh. before Joe Biden is done. And that's part of a plan. That's like Venezuela. Yes. You know, it was a very capitalist, wealthy country and the socialists took it over. And, you know, they're eating zoo, zoo animals and women are giving birth in the streets. Ugh. So, uh, you know, America it, it cannot we cannot give a safety net to all these people yes. and at the same time suffer 40 year inflation and groceries that you have to decide, you know, how much you can eat this week. This is outrageous. Right. Hey, Judge, we have um, before we run out of time, I got a bunch more questions, but I want to highlight your book, Crimes Against America, subtitled The Left's Takedown of a Republic. And do you have a website now exclusively for people that want to buy that book? I know you can get it in other places. What is it? Can you give us that? You can get it everywhere. I mean, you can get it at Barnes and Noble's bookstores, Amazon. But but our website is Judge J Book booksingular.com judgejbook.com and uh, you can also get a signed book at the website as well so um, yeah you can pretty much get it everywhere and I think it's important for people on the right to have this book for a variety of reasons I lay it out like an indictment with counts like perjury and and aiding and abetting illegal uh, conduct the, the takedown of law and order and replacing it with chaos and anarchy. But all the arguments are in there. All the footnotes are in there. So, you know, the left 
you tried to shut us down when Donald Trump became president. We found out in the Durham report that Hillary Clinton made up the Russia collusion hoax yes. to get the press to get the press off her email scandal. It's outrageous. That woman hey, should this, be in jail. This, to me, be, before we run country. out of time, I I have to ask you. I know a lot of people that know you um, would love to know kind of personal. How do you balance your time and your passion and you're just, I mean, you're just full of energy and life and wisdom. And is there a secret to how in the world you do? I know you've got three poodles. Maybe you'll say that's the question. Maybe that's the explanation. I know you're a woman of faith, but how do you keep the faith, keep the passion with your schedule? You do it all. You know, we can all do it. You know, I think you have to kind of take care of yourself. I mean, I'm really bad with candy. That's like my downfall. But, you know, I try to work out and I do have faith. I believe in God. And, uh, you know, it's just it's an it's an inner fire. I I get furious when I see inequities, whether it's a battered woman, an abused child or a nation that's going to hell because people hate this wonderful nation. We are blessed yeah. to be in this country. Absolutely. And, Amen. Uh, Amen. <laughs> well, thank you thank so you. much for joining us. I, I knew we had a lot in common. Faith, candy, and passion. I think all three of us can relate to that. So thank you so yes. much, Janine, for joining. And thank you thank to our you. listeners. Thank you, Jess. And all right. don't go anywhere. We are coming back with the second half of Today with Dr. Wendy. You are not going to want to miss the stories of the day. Headlines with a silver lining. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy, where my co-host Larry Dershman and I always review all of the latest and greatest stories of the week, trying to find you something interesting. And often with the San Diego tie, and we didn't have to look far this week before we actually found something um, that everybody was talking about midweek. And it has to do with this lawsuit of the San Diego Bowl Game Association filed. And that has to do with the cancellation at the last minute, the 11th hour, five hours before kickoff, cancellation of the Holiday Bowl in 2021. Larry, do you remember that cancellation? I mean, some some of our friends were already out there tailgating. And here we get this news that UCLA may have too many players that tested positive for COVID and the game is canceled. Do you remember this? I, I don't remember the cancellation. I, I, I do know that the uh, Holiday Bowl has been going on for a number of years in San Diego. And it's one of our biggest events ever. Uh, and especially now that the Chargers have left, it, it may be our biggest sports event that we have. I don't remember the cancellation, but I do remember in December of 2021, and that was almost the height of the um, the COVID uh, lockdowns, all the fear. Well, it's also the height is also the height of the new Omicron variant, and we forget about that because so much time has passed. But remember, Omicron was very highly transmissible, and people got sicker quicker. 
here's the issue with this uh, with this lawsuit. So basically, UCLA was a no show. I mean, it was a game day disaster. But the, there arguably would have been some sort of a duty to mitigate damages. They tried to find a replacement team. Yeah, good luck with that with five hours to go. And the bowl basically had to refund all of its revenue. And that means from ticket sales, sponsorship deals, and television broadcast rights. So basically, the, the Holiday Bowl uh, is bringing this lawsuit. They're claiming they, they're asking for $3 million. But, you know, when we put this in context, um, it's true that we have had a Holiday Bowl since 1978. But it's also true that in 2020, the Holiday Bowl was among 17 bowls that were canceled that year, that COVID-19 season, as we remember. And on December 28th, 2021, the Holiday Bowl became the fifth canceled bowl. Remember, uh, Arizona Bowl, Military Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, and the Hawaii Bowl had already been canceled at that point. So why is that important to you and I and our listeners from a legal perspective? Because some might argue there should have been a plan B. If you're already looking and seeing other bowls getting canceled because of COVID, Omicron is spreading quicker than the the Delta variant, which was the preceding variant. Maybe, you know, you should enhance testing procedures, monitoring symptoms, whatever it is, so this issue doesn't go from the locker room to the courtroom, which is exactly what happened this week. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, here we are on Saturday evening, but it was just uh, Tuesday, you know, May 30th, that the uh, the lawsuit was filed by the Holiday Bowl people, which I believe is the San Diego Bowl Game Association, or right. SDBGA for short. And uh, they were asking for more than $3 million in damages. But, you know, Wendy, this is kind of like a... Um, a small view or a microcosm of what happened worldwide. I mean, we're, we're looking at this lawsuit, a lot of money involved, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of uh, money that's not going to be seen again, lost. But just think of what's happened to the economy, like businesses shut down everywhere. Such a worldwide phenomenon. And again, this kind of puts the focus back on it. But um, it's just fascinating to me. And another thing, too, now that we're talking about the Holiday Bowl, is the San Diego County Credit Union, which is we're, we're broadcasting out of Southern California for you people listening uh, uh, on the West East Coast or whatever. But they're a huge credit union a bank, and they pulled out of sponsoring that they've been sponsoring this Holiday Bowl for years, and now they're no longer sponsors. And it was part of that. And they are also seeking uh, damages because uh, they were hurt, too, because they put a lot of money in the advertising of it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the issues that uh, no doubt will characterize part of what's argued behind the scenes in this lawsuit, in a word, is foreseeability. Yes. You know, sometimes uh, you think or you worry or you, you think, gosh, how many players do we have? And if, if any more test positive for covid uh, we might have to cancel the game. Maybe you give the heads up to the other side or you, you arrange for a potential plan B, which could have been a replacement team. Um, one of the other really interesting things about this, uh, the kind of the last minute scrambling in a case like this, and, and this certainly multiple teams had to think this through, but if you lose too many players and you're preparing for a game, you might have to assign players to positions they're not used to playing in, which could enhance the, the risk of injury, which basically wouldn't give you the same team that you're used to having. You know, that was one of the fascinating aspects of COVID is it wasn't just in sports, but you had to, if you're missing people or down people, or I guess now we're having the same issue with layoffs and uh, downsizing, you have people working in different spots in different positions they're not used to fulfilling. If you're an athlete 
performing in a game and you are on a playing field, that could be very dangerous. And that was one of the things uh, also that uh, UCLA was looking at. However, the counter argument to that would be the, the possibility of having too many players out wouldn't mean or you shouldn't necessarily have given the heads up or, or scheduled another team to be on standby. Right. And the, um, the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 people, I should say, they're arguing force majeure. Like they're saying uh, this is a provision in the contract, almost in most of these contracts, that any unavoidable casualty which cannot be reasonably forecast or provided against, that's their out. Well, that's right. And, you know, that's the issue of foreseeability again. There's a duty to mitigate damages that's often argued in cases like this, where one side would say, well, you should have known Omicron was very contagious. There were lots of players testing positive and not being able to play Four bowls had already been canceled this season. There's all kinds of arguments that might at least give sort of the foundation for this foreseeability argument and the duty to mitigate, have a plan B, have something lined up uh, instead of waiting till five hours before kickoff. I mean, you know, Larry, one thing that I think is um, sort of the maybe we always talk about cases in terms of jury appeal one way or another. But one issue that will no doubt be uh, examined by both sides is the reality that some people missed Christmas with their families to travel to San Diego for the bowl game. And that is significant, you know, to travel all the way out here, you pay for a hotel, your flights, you don't, you missed Christmas with your kids or your loved ones. And then the game's canceled, like when you're maybe already out there tailgating. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know that the, the people that bought tickets, they got a refund on their ticket, but they did not get a refund on their hotel room, on their flights. And, and like you said, giving up uh, family time around Christmas to come out here to, for what? Which is you know? priceless. Family time is priceless. Oh, it is. It is. So I, I know there, there's one fan I read about from North Carolina. That was the uh, team that was playing supposed to play against UCLA that said he has PTSD from all this. And uh, I guess I can believe that because, yeah. And and again, this is just a small sampling of all the damage that was done by this pandemic. I mean, just a very small sampling, but it's it's interesting. You put this into context because there are plenty of other uh, lawsuits that are, have been filed over the course of the last two years that we could be discussing, you know, this one happens to have a San Diego tie. But, you know, one thing that uh, this really illustrates is the fact that, yes, you know, the lawsuit was filed a sufficient amount of time after the fact. But why what went on in those 17 months? Negotiation went on and negotiation may still go on. You know, just because a lawsuit's filed doesn't mean, you know, when they're going to just start picking a jury. There are lots of behind the scenes conversations that go on. And this case involved a bit of a race to the courthouse because not both sides were um, had sort of complaints against the other. You know, and, and that's probably indicative, too of the kinds of disputes we see nowadays that that stem from, as you rightly point out, COVID cancellations. Yeah, and, and it is so funny, the uh, person representing Pac-12 the uh, that are being sued, he said, well, I, uh, he represents, his name is, is Clive Koff. He said, yeah, well, we offered them mediation. I know they lost millions and millions of dollars. We offered a mediation and even an interest-free loan to get them out of the debt that they incurred because of this cancellation. What else would they expect? Well, now they know uh, what's happening. They're being sued. And, uh, but I agree with you. I, they haven't impaneled the jury yet. So there's plenty of time, right, Wendy, to, to work this out. Uh, without well, I think so. And, you know, one of the other things that Clive Cost said uh, is obviously they've been talking about the cancellation. They've been talking about the threats of a lawsuit. 
But he also said that he intends for them to be uh, continue to be partners. Um, they're figuring how to move forward together. Uh, you know, I just have to say, because I'm always a silver lining in this show, I love when I see dueling litigants actually express positivity that they may be able to work things out and move together. Uh, it basically, uh, you hate to say there's ever a win for both sides, because in the law, obviously somebody wins, somebody loses, but not necessarily if you have sort of concessions going both ways where there's some sort of an agreement. So I always have faith that perhaps, you know, once a lawsuit has been filed, that maybe they will find common ground. And I understand that's what mediation is for, but not every litigant wants to go that route. And there are a variety of reasons that they don't need to tell us about behind the scenes that make some parties believe that they'll be able to have a better result if they actually go to court. Yeah, and just kind of a little bit of a side note here. It's interesting that uh, we've been playing this bowl since 1978, uh, the Holiday Bowl. But for the first time in, it was I think it was in 2022, uh, just last year that we played it in Petco Park. And for those listening across the country, that's where the Padres, our baseball team, plays uh, because we lost the Charger team. They've demolished that huge stadium, and now they were playing in Petco Park. Just an interesting little fact. But I would also say to people, you know, please come to San Diego. We have a Comic-Con here. It's just a beautiful city. And uh, I wouldn't let this little snafu discourage anybody from coming to beautiful Southern California and especially San Diego. Well, that's a great promo for our beautiful city. I totally agree. You know, I think that's great. And we have had the Holiday Bowl. It's been played annually since 1978. Actually, it's featured a Pac-12 team in its last 23 games. So um, our Holiday Bowl actually has the third longest Pac-12 bowl tie-in behind the Rose Bowl and the Sun Bowl. So there we go. We've uh, enticed our listeners on a variety of fronts. But we also want to entice our listeners to join us again next week. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with a Silver Lining. Have a wonderful week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com